Welcome to the Fix Your Sciatica podcast, where we meet with experts and clients and discuss how to manage your sciatica and low back pain without the use of medications or surgery. I'm your host, Dr. Ashley Mack, and I'm a physical therapist as well as the founder of iFixYourSciatica.com, a go-to resource for pain management. Stress. It's something that we face on a daily basis, and it's what protects us from the physical challenges in the world. But what happens when that stress, when removed, still literally, quote unquote, stresses us out and puts us under this chronic stage of duress? Today, I am meeting with my nutrition and wellness coach, Sara Supani, where we're gonna talk all about stress and how it influences our lives, how it impacts our pain, and some actionable steps beyond the food because we covered food last week on how to manage this naturally occurring incidence without causing us too much strain. So Sarah, thank you so much for being on today's episode. Thank you for inviting me. Um, I love our little weekly sessions. So (laughs) yeah, let's get into stress. Let's take a dive right in. So stress is a, is a normal process. Uh, it gets us prepared to do a lot of different things. Um, ultimately, it protects us originally before we had uh, our offices and being sedentary from our daily lifestyles. We needed to have the stress to ensure that we get pushed and also helps us survive from any sort of physical physical thing. So Sarah, let's talk a little bit more about the, the stress process and how it kind of influences the body from a normal standpoint. And then we'll take a deep dive into the pathological, the abnormal aspects of stress and how it impacts us. Sure. So stress overall is also, again, a normal reaction of the body. You're essentially producing cortisol, which is a needed hormone in the body. It's kind of known as the stress hormone, but it also does help regulate blood sugar levels and it supports the hippocampus, which is where memories are stored and where they're processed. But what happens is chronic stress, the body produces more cortisol than it's able to actually release. And that's what tends to cause all the problems. So when you have high levels of cortisol, it wears down the brain's ability to properly function. So you can have disrupted synapse regulation, which is where you see cognitive impairment. So that's when people like tend to seem forgetful or distracted or ill-tempered. It can also kill brain cells. And it can also have a shrinking effect on the prefrontal cortex, which is the area of the brain that's responsible for memory and learning. But it also has like a domino effect because it causes the amygdala to increase, which can make the brain even more receptive to stress. So over time, this chronic stress can kind of wear down these neural pathways and just severely damage them if they're constantly exposed to it. So with this normal response to stress, it allows us to rise to the occasion, whether it be a physical or mental task. However, if we have this thing, um, this stress will, and then also for your listeners, stress can be anything. It can be a tiger literally trying to chase you, or it could be that instance where you're driving in, in on the highway or the freeway if you're living out in California, and someone cuts you off, your heart rate spikes, your energy get uh, elevates, your your uh, your temperature elevates, you're angry, you're ready to fight or run away. And that's going to be important. But once that stimulus goes away, once that incidence goes away, you as a human, your stress should go down. Now, there's an interesting book called uh, 
why zebras don't have ulcers. I've read a couple excerpts from it, but what was interesting was the fact that here you have zebras who like live out in the wild and they're kind of just chilling out, eating the grass, but then a lion comes out and tries to hunt and eat the zebra. Now the zebra has two different options. Option number one, they can just stand there, not run away and get eaten. I don't think anyone ever wants to get eaten. Uh, then the second option is actually the, the cortisol, the adrenaline has to spike up so the zebra can run away and escape this predator. But what's interesting is the fact that once that zebra runs away from that predator, it goes back to just eating grass and goes back to just thinking about living its life. One of the big things about us humans is that we remember a lot of different things. Also, our higher brain levels of function can actually bypass the more primitive aspects of our brain. So because we remember, we are going to hold on to that memory. And as a result, it's going to help us release more cortisol, which as Sarah has said, when you have higher levels of cortisol, it actually leads to exhaustion, a lot of these sensitivities to stress. So again, the, the aspect of adding something to strain you is going to be necessary to protect you from things that are going to literally harm you. But where if you were to remember it or carry it along your shoulders, that's where we start to have um, some issues. So the concept of all this, when you're carrying these like figurative weights on your shoulders, um, one of the things I've noticed, especially living out here in the States, I mean, in the year that we have gone through, uh, people have a tendency to be chronically stressed. And we're talking about how stress, again, is not a bad thing, but being chronically stressed is something that's going to be a little bit more harmful. So why, why are sort of some reasons on why people are chronically stressed in the first place? I think you bring up a good point where like the zebra, once it runs away from the harm, just goes back to grazing and goes back to normal. Um, we both have like the fortune and misfortune of remembering. So a lot of people tend to ruminate and rumination tends to bring up a lot of stress. You just kind of live in the past or you're having anxiety about the future. And so the important thing is it's, I mean, that also is a survival mechanism, right? We, we want to be worried about the future so we can survive. But when we overdo it, we tend to forget to live in the present. So one of the things that we've been taught is just naturally our mind wants to be task oriented. It wants to organize things. It wants to keep everything, you know, in some sort of organizational method. And that that mode, if it's always turned on, is going to kill your creative side of your brain. So I think all of us kind of live in this world of like, we're constantly planning, we're constantly organizing, we're thinking about all the things that went wrong so they don't happen again in the future. And we're flip-flopping back and forth so much that we're not ever really present. So I think that's a reason that there tends to be a lot of chronic stress in our society. So not being in the present, focusing on the past, being anxious about the future, that's a pretty heavy burden for humans to carry. And especially as the world evolves and as we all age, we get new responsibilities. When it comes to that, it looks like we're also talking about the concept of time. Uh, a lot of mm -hmm. people, a lot of clients that I work with or even just discussing with people, I ask, like, why hasn't, say, what, well, how come it's taken this long for you to come see me? Or why has it taken this long for you to get to this point in your health where you're experiencing pain for such a long period of time? Or have you had the opportunity to even work with a physical therapist or a pain management consultant? Have you had the opportunity to focus on yourself? And really the big limitation, which it seems as if 
this is a big contributing piece to the chronically stressed is that people feel as if they don't have enough time. They don't have enough time to do the things that they need to do, yet they're also spending a lot of their hours and minutes ruminating about the past, being anxious about the future, and it takes them away from being in the present. So let's talk a little bit more about what are some of the common challenges? What are the most common, biggest challenges that people face when it comes to just being more present and engaging in the time of the present that could prevent them from relieving a lot of this chronic stress? I think one of the biggest factors is productivity. Um, just in general, I think as a society, we have been programmed to think that if you're not being productive, you're wasting your time and you're wasting your energy. And I can relate to that myself. When I was working in the corporate world, I was always prioritizing work and deadlines over my health. I was drinking two lattes a day. I was taking a bunch of Adderall. I wasn't sleeping more than like three or four hours. And honestly, I convinced myself I didn't need any more, but I probably couldn't have with how much caffeine I was ingesting. And I was just eating out wherever I could so I didn't have to cook. Like I was looking for just like minutes to save so I could work more. And there was a period of time where I was really productive and I was meeting really difficult deadlines and I was getting a lot of praise for it. Um, but at the same time, I, again, just like hit a wall and everything caught up to me as it always does. So um, I'm not sure if it was like adrenal fatigue or if I had just really tweaked out my central nervous system, but I had pushed my body to the limits, which I tended to do a lot in my twenties, just because I wanted to be like the best. I wanted to outperform. I wanted to be like the top of my game. Um, and I think a lot of people struggle with that as well. It's just like always wanting to do more, more, more and setting the bar higher and, um, so, I mean, for me, it got to the point where I couldn't even drink a green tea or even a decaf with the residual amount of caffeine it had without triggering a panic attack. So I just became really sensitive to it all. And I was constantly, because I had to avoid all the caffeine, just like feeling really fatigued and really tired. So in the short term, it seemed like a great solution, but in the long term, it set me back quite a bit. Um, like ultimately I don't regret it because that's how I've come to like my new meditation practice. And I needed just like a big wake up call that I had to slow down and I needed to allow myself breaks. But I think we are just like programmed to constantly want to do more. And if you have like this much time, you know, what task can you fit in there to just get it done? How can you multitask? I think multitasking is one of those things that we're also programmed to think is a great thing to do, but it's been proven that it's, it's inefficient and less effective and you end up making more mistakes. So I think that's really a big part of it. Wow. So it, with you bringing this up, the aspects of productivity and just pushing your mind and your bodies to the limit, this got me thinking about, uh, so I walk, my wife and I, we walk our neighbor's dog on a once a week basis. Um, just for you audience members, we're not dog owners, but we're really good dog aunts and uncles because we mm -hmm. love spending time with them. And one thing that we have observed, because we're living out here in sunny California on these really hot days when we're taking this dog out for a walk, when she gets tired, she just sits down. She's like, I'm done walking for the day. So I'm just going to sit and you're not going to take me anywhere. What's interesting, what separates us as humans compared to these animals is many things. But one of the biggest things is that because we have these higher centers of our brain, our prefrontal cortex, which allows us to really bypass 
any of the signals that is being present in the rest of our bodies from an exhaustion standpoint, we can really push ourselves. And that results in the fact that we have um, we have pushed human performance beyond its limits and the limits continue to be elevated, but then also human innovation because of the fact that we are able to push ourselves both mentally and physically. Um, and that is a really cool thing. That's what makes us human as compared to animals. But then that also itself being able to bypass those signals of fatigue and those desires to rest and recover, it does put a lot of stress on our bodies, which then leads to even more fatigue. So in a way, it's like the, what makes us human, what makes us the most advanced species on the planet has also made us progressively uh, more tired, sick, and frail. Um, and so thank you so much for sharing that because I 100% agree the focus on productivity uh, has a very huge impact. The second piece that I look at, um, and what I found from my, from where I see a lot of people, um, and then sometimes that it, it affects me is the aspects of urgency. Uh, I have, I was, or have been conditioned where every email, every text was something that I actually had to run to immediately. So every time I got that notification on my phone, and I heard the ding, my heart rate would spike being like, okay, I gotta jump to this right away. And so that sense of urgency, if you're on constant high alert is another piece from the cortisol and stress levels. But then also because I was always constantly diverted away from my task at hand, I wasn't necessarily multitasking. I would be jumping, being more reactive and when you are more reactive to current situations, your body and your mind get conditioned to just constantly react. And that in itself really increases your time. So I've learned in this situation that things are not as urgent as we think. Uh, in fact, in your head, you're probably thinking you're not talking as fast. You're, you're talking really, really fast. Um, but in reality, you, you're actually speaking at the speed um, and humans in general, you're speaking at a speed like 10 times faster than what the other human in front of you is comprehending. So even just slowing things down back to Sarah's point where we're focusing on the present and seeing where we're at in space, how we're feeling is going to be really, really major with that. Now we talked about our biggest challenges for Sarah. It's the productivity aspect. For me, it was urgency and reactivity. So then it looks at, okay, here's the situation. Here are the things that are constantly stressing us. This is what's raising our cortisol levels. Now let's talk about how we can actually, well, before we talk about how we can reduce it, let's talk about the, the, the big piece on, for, for you listeners out there, if you are chronically stressed, if you are fatigued, if you're carrying both that physical and mental heavy backpack on you, it's going to make you more sensitive and aware of your pain. It's like you're taking a guitar, an electric guitar speaker, and on an electric guitar speaker, you can press the distortion button. When you press the distortion button, there's going to be a lot of noise regardless of you plucking a string. But then when you pluck the string, oh my goodness, that is so loud. And now obviously when guitar strings are plucked in the right order, it sounds really nice. But if you're constantly listening to this guitar noise, it's going to be painful. It's going to be dreadful. And when you have that chronic stress, that noise is cranked up. 
And so what's going to be important is we reduce your stress and we help you manage your stress. The noise on that guitar amp is going to go down and you will be less sensitive to pain in the combination with how you are moving and how you're eating. So that is how it's going to be relating from a pain standpoint and also other different aspects of your health. But now that we identify that stress is, is a good thing, but having too much of it is a bad thing, how can we actually... What strategies can we implement to actually reduce our stress so that we can be in the present, so we can turn the noise down on our pain, and so that we can really enjoy our lives and be in the present? Right. So um, I kind of talked about the side of the brain that's really task oriented, that ruminates, that, you know, makes you live in the past or the future. There's another side of the brain that you want to try to activate that just makes you live in the moment. And that side is doing small things like, um, I know, you know, you said that you have, you know, dog, you're an, uh, an uncle to dogs and, and cats and all of that. And I have a niece and nephew. So things like watching them sleep or the way a mother watches her baby sleep. It's a completely unproductive task, I guess you could say, but she's just there enjoying the moment and like living that moment and really, really happy. So she's activating the side of her brain that's just like helping her live in the moment. Another example that you brought up, the walks. I actually also, I didn't think walks were productive. I'd like go to the gym and come back. But recently I've been going on really long walks and just noticing things around me. So it's a mindful exercise. So mindfully walking, mindfully eating, just like as you're taking a bite, what flavors are you experiencing? What are you smelling? What are you seeing? Just being aware of your present moment gets you out of like the task oriented, I need to do stuff kind of mindset. So I personally, I have a really strong meditation practice. I have to do 30 minutes every day. I can tell when I haven't, it just like, I feel so frazzled and not like myself. Um, even working out for some people is another one. Just anything that gets you out of thinking about your to-do lists and trying to organize things and trying to structure things, you're activating the other side of your brain that helps you live in the moment and helps, helps tap into the creative side and really accesses a part that I don't think we get a chance to do very often. So in essence, it seems as if, if you were to, people would think that with more stress, you need more structure. But mm -hmm. the reality is, as you're chronically fatigued, give yourself some permission to exactly that structure and mm -hmm. give you that permission to do something that isn't productive. So then that way you can truly enjoy and decompress, give your opportunity to, uh, to be in the moment. Honestly, even daydreaming is a good one. And if you're somebody who's like, no, I have to worry about this thing right now. Just write down on a like write down on a timer. I will worry about this thing from six to seven p.m. If like you really need to have that kind of structure, just tell yourself like stop thinking about it right now and give yourself a time to think about it in the future, so you can just really get it off of your mind. Right on, living in the moment. That's a huge piece when it comes to reducing stress. Um, one one piece for me. I mean, there's many different things that I use to relieve myself of stress, which includes working out. I mean. When it comes to working out, I work out with my neighbors. We work out in our parking lot and it's fantastic. We're outside um, and pretty much uh, I use my exercise, my workouts as a moving meditation because what I find is that if I'm trying to focus on this lift or this exercise, I literally do not have the mental capacity 
to focus on anything else. And interestingly enough, what I've learned throughout all my years of clinical practice, many injuries at the gym and working out are actually due to the fact that they were not focusing on form, on their positioning, on just the moment. So all of a sudden, when you're, it's, it's, um, it's distracted exercise, anything that's distracted, taking you away, you are going to be doing something wrong. It's not, it's to no fault of your own. Everyone wants to make sure they're doing things right. But unless you're in the moment, you're not going to be fully engaged in what you're doing, which means that mistakes can happen. Um, another big piece when it comes to reducing stress and improving our time is to look at, we are, everyone here on earth has a 24 hour day and we need to sleep, we need to eat, and we need to breathe. And the reality is, is that we all have the capacity to do so. And we're not here telling you that you should spend your time doing X, Y, and Z. But a big part of it is understanding that your, your time domain is the same as someone else's time domain, and that it is possible for you to be able to tie in reducing your stress, taking care of yourself. So then this leads into a lot of it that we're talking about when it comes to stress management. It's like things that you do, but it's also how you look at things, how you can actually shift your mind, that mindset shift that's needed to reduce the stress. So Sarah, what do you think is the biggest mindset shift needed to, to reduce stress, to care for yourself? Like, what do we need to focus on? Or what do you recommend people focus on when it comes to the mindset piece? I think giving yourself permission to put yourself first. Um, I think that's the most important because if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of other people. So allowing yourself to put yourself first and say that you need this amount of time just for yourself and to carve it out and to give yourself permission. I think that's the biggest piece because some people think like I have to put my children ahead of me. I have to put my work ahead of me. I have to put, you know, my family, like my parents or something ahead of me, but you have to put yourself first. It's just the only way you're, you know, you're going to get anything done. I think that's the biggest mindset shift. Right on. So caring for yourself, whether it be taking a moment to take a nap, taking a moment to exercise, taking a moment to just stop and breathe is going to give you the opportunity to be in the present. And when you are in the present, you have the opportunity to do everything that you dreamed of. If you reduce your stress, reduce your cortisol levels, and you reduce that level of fatigue and sensitivity, your pain is also going to go down as well because you're not going to be as sensitive. Right. And so- I mean yeah, at, at the end of the day, you're just one person, you know, so like things will get done when they get done. And it's not going to be the end of the world if you communicate that it might be later, rather than, you know, never or just burning yourself to the ground. Right on. Yeah. And so let's look at the other end. Now. Uh, yeah, let's look at the other end of the spectrum. We talked about how stress is normal. It's important for us to function. And then how about how too much stress actually results in a lot of dysfunction and a lot of issues. What if we go on the opposite end of the spectrum is, is having no stress at all. Is that a good thing? Um, I mean, I don't think that's even possible <laughs> the day and age that we live in. I think stress is a good thing to have it. It's a motivator for some people. It can help you, but I think some people become like addicted to stress. So there's also a study done where just like 
whatever the reaction is, whatever gets you going, whether it's good or bad, whatever you've been programmed to do, you just need to have it. So that's why some people need their daily cup of coffee. They just like are addicted to the anxiety and they're addicted to the stress and they can't get themselves to do it unless they're at a certain level. So I wouldn't say like no stress is good, but I also think that there's a level of like people need so much to start acting, which is like where procrastination comes in, right? Some people like need to wait until it's like there's nothing else they can do before they can start something. So it's good to find a balance. And I think that's where the time management piece comes in. If you really just kind of like block out your day, see what's realistic, figure out what you can get done and communicate what can't, it just makes everyone's life easier. There you have it, folks. The concept of balance, and we've talked about this a lot over the past couple episodes of balancing the amount of stress, which is going to allow you to rise to the occasion and innovate and feel great and be the best person that you can be, but being overly stressed, being constantly stressed and carrying all that on your back for a long period of time can be harmful. But then also on the other hand, uh, not having enough stress is not necessarily good either. It's we, it's a necessary part of the process. And so having that balance is going to be key because when we have that necessary balance, we can push ourselves, we can reduce our pain, we can be happy and we can do things that we love with the people that we love and so that we can have an amazing impact helping others and in the world. Sara, this is great. We talked about stress, stress management, time management, and ultimately giving yourself permission to just be in the moment. So I'm taking this moment to thank you for taking this time to talk with me about all this. Thank you for having me, Ashley. It's always a pleasure. All right. See you later. Yep. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you got some help from today's podcast. And for more info, check us out at ifixyoursciatica.com. Have a fantastic and pain-free day. No patient-therapist relationship is formed by listening to this podcast. We are not providing medical advice and all information should be confirmed by a medical provider.